listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and this is the fourth episode in our Envision Advisors launch series. So hopefully you've been listening to the first couple episodes before this, because all of the content that we're talking about and all the new services we're talking about really do build on top of each other. And just as a quick reminder, we are really going to dive into a new division that we are building here at the Envision Advisors. And it's not really changing what we are doing, which is our core focus of helping people go out there and buy rentals and transact in real estate, but just adding more to it. So it's a metaphor I talked about earlier in the series. We've got a strong foundation. We got a couple of great first stories on our building, and now we're just adding another story on top of it. And so this episode's really gonna dive into our portfolio analysis. And I'm gonna try my best to summarize in one sentence. And our portfolio analysis is designed to help take out the confusion of tracking your rental properties on a monthly and annual basis. Take out the frustration and the unknowns of how do you optimize your portfolio. And then adding a advisory piece on there to help you make those right decisions to go from where you are right now, whether it's no properties or a handful of properties, to get towards that end cash flow goal that you have in the timeline. So that's what we are building out with the portfolio analysis. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, my two themes I like to focus on is people and processes. So we're gonna talk about both on here, and we're gonna start with the first P, people. So I'm gonna introduce you to someone brand new to the Envision Advisors, brand new to our podcast. It'll be the first time you meet her, definitely not the last time, Um, but her name is Chelsea Scott. So Chelsea is just, the, the best way I can say it is just, I think the absolute perfect person to help build this out based off of her background, her passion, her expertise, her interest and mind align so much. So Chelsea, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast, but most importantly, having part of just the, the team and the firm overall. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. So you have a really impressive background um, and Thanks. it's it's very complimentary to a lot of stuff we've done and a very different experience. So I don't want to butcher it and do you uh, do your background and all the experience you have any any disservice. So kind of just to you know rewind things, where did you get started in real estate investing and your real estate career? Because you've just got some really neat milestones along the way. Oh, thanks so much, Chris. So um, I'll, I'll kind of start with at the beginning. Um, so I have my bachelor's in uh, information systems and marketing from the U- University of Colorado in Boulder. And my first job out of college was as an IT consultant um, in Boston. And um, I did that for a few years and then realized that I was really interested in real estate. Um, and I realized that by picking up my first investment property. And after doing that, um, I decided that I really had missed Colorado and I came back to Denver and I, um, I I applied to and started the graduate program in real estate and construction management at the University of Denver. Um, I did that program and absolutely loved it. I mean, not only did I love the information, but I loved the professors. I loved my fellow students. I loved networking in the business. I loved learning about every aspect um, from 
owning a property, managing a property, developing a property, even down to the architecture and the construction management piece. So and that's a very well-respected program. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it was it was phenomenal, and um, we had a fantastic chair of the program that was completely business-minded, and he really got out into the community. Was very well known in the community, and and brought us into some just great experiences. Um, I met some some in- incredible developers in the Denver metro area. Um, I met some amazing um, investors. I met some people that had flipped homes, invested homes, and just so I, I just learned a ton in that process. So when I left uh, when I left the university, my first job was in commercial lending, and I did that at Essex Financial Group, which is. Um, you know, in my opinion, one of the best commercial lenders out there. Um, they service loans as well, and I was in the servicing department. So I oversaw all the loans once somebody owned um, generally uh, a commercial or multifamily property and and larger, larger properties. So um, I got to know some of the players in the you market. You say large, like just average loan balance or like minimum million plus, 10 million plus? Yeah, or? 10 million plus like large commercial, um, like like strip malls. Okay. They would own like a full strip mall or they would own a gigantic 250 apartment complex. Um, so you know, things like that. So I would service, service those loans and um, look at the taxes and the insurance and the compliance and make sure that their loan balance was paid off. And we would do a review on those properties. And I, d- I just learned a ton about lending environment at that level, um, about what it takes to actually keep those loans in play. And it was, it was just a fascinating experience at, at um with some really large, large size properties. Um, you also realize how few people actually own so many of those. So small amount of people own a majority of those larger properties. Um, then after that, um, I moved into land acquisition. And this was an incredible transition. And that's because I was really lucky enough to land at Richmond American Homes or MDC Holdings. And they are actually headquartered here in Colorado. Hmm. And so they're a publicly traded company. Um, I want to say like $100 million in net worth, but I could be wrong on that. But they, um, they're they just a very large production home builder. And getting a position on the land acquisition team is like the greatest boot camp you can ever imagine. Um, extremely intense work. Taking a piece of land from its inception, where it literally just looks like a piece of dirt, <laughs> maybe with some grass and some native weeds on it, and then taking it all the way through the entitlement process, where it becomes buildable land. And this is basically for like building out a large subdivision or, or new construction area? Exactly. Okay. It's all new construction. It's a large subdivision. Think of Highlands Ranch. Think of Castle Rock. Think of um, up in Berthin, which is, mm. is one of the newer developments. Even down in Colorado Springs, if you think of a large subdivision, um, Richmond Homes would be one of the major builders. Um, yep. There are many in Aurora as well, all, all over. And so that process um, taught me so much about one, the complexities in just taking something that looks so simple, like dirt and grass, and turning it into a buildable space. And that includes things, it starts with stubbing in the property for utilities, for, um, you know, for water and sewer, all the way to understanding the services that are required for a new subdivision. Because if you're, if you're gonna build 200 or 400 or 600 new homes, those are a lot of families with children that need to go to school. Those are a lot of families that may need a fire department. <laughs> those are families that might need police help. And are those services available? Sometimes they're not. Sometimes this is, especially in Colorado, in an undeveloped area, they're just they're just not in place. Mm-hmm. And so how does that happen? So 
that's a really complex process. And getting uh, entitlements, which means that it becomes buildable land, requires a lot of a lot of touches with municipalities. And so I learned a lot about municipalities. I learned a lot about building. I learned a lot about development. I learned a lot about land. And it was a really intense, intense um, role. Um, so after that chapter closed, um, I moved into uh, a whole new space and it was a whole new learning curve and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was it was heavy on the analysis. It was heavy on information that I had never seen before, not even in graduate school. And that was um, writing market studies for affordable housing and market rate generally multifamily complexes. And so what this entailed was essentially just understanding the immediate market. And what the immediate market means is taking a few arterials, which are generally main thoroughfares, like uh, in in the Denver area, you might think of a Colfax, or Mm -hmm. you might think of a Federal Boulevard, or I-25 or 225, and boxing in a very small region to make a determination on the feasibility of a project. And so that was fascinating because one, it opened up this whole new way of analyzing properties. And two, it really looked at low-income housing tax credits, which are ways that governments incentivize developers, banks, syndicators to build affordable housing, which is such a necessary component in in Colorado and in most states in the country. And so I learned a ton of analysis, did a lot of spreadsheet work, did a lot of demographics, economics, and really learned how to take a deep dive on rent analysis. So... And this is part of the reason why, I mean, like I said, your, your background is so impressive and kind of the, you know, the way we connected was this was, uh, you know, you know, earlier this year, I know you're at a point where you were starting to, you said, hey, I got all this knowledge, a good, good spot, looking to change careers, maybe get my license, want to start doing, you know, take this knowledge, really invest for yourself. So we were just, you know, chatting um, just from there. And as we were chatting, I just said, hmm, she might be the good fit for this. So I ran the idea by you. And basically, so far, you know, the rest is history um, and with a lot more runway in what we're doing. And what I'm excited about your help on, Chelsea, is really building out this portfolio analysis and then also your background and just doing all this, you know, the commercial, the development, the land acquisition piece, which is, you know, a very unique skill set you bring to the table and kind of and those two things fit exactly onto our future growth path. So as I said earlier, you guys are going to be hearing from Chelsea quite a bit on some portfolio analysis stuff. And I'll see some very detailed market studies and analyses that she knows as well. And the best phrase I can say is just, you know, you've got that, you know, that institutional high level knowledge and background that is, as you said, it's usually geared towards syndicators, uh, bigger money or a handful of people in a lot of these properties. Not, as I would say, us small mom and pop landlords. And so you're gonna be able to take, you know, we get the benefit of all this great knowledge you have and you bring it down to our level, which I'm very excited about. So Chelsea and as we're preparing to to launch and try to describe what the portfolio analysis is, I will be frank, we we definitely chased our tails for a couple of weeks here trying to figure out how can we describe it because it's such a a, a complex piece and it's such a, a new part, a new service that's being offered out there in the real estate community that we were writing stuff, trying to s- describe it. And we were just like, it wasn't clicking basically. And then after we were just, you know, on our on our ninth brainstorming session, we realized, hey, rather than describing it, the best way to do it is just to basically show and tell. It's to walk people through the process of it. 
And so kind of rewinding to what I've talked about in the previous podcast and one of the ones I did with uh, Preston and Jessica, we talked about our process. Hey, people come in, we do a discovery call, we do an investment consultation, we help them come out here and buy a rental property. At the end there, this is really the portfolio analysis piece where it's going to start really coming into clients' lives. Hey, you buy a property with us, and then they're going to sit down with you and start building out some that longer t- longer piece component there for their planning. So that's kind of the runway there in the process as you go from buying properties and then transacting real estate, and now we're doing that longer-term piece of plugging the spreadsheet. So what we're going to do is give you a very very simple and a very high-level overview about the portfolio analysis, um, touch on a few of the tabs on the spreadsheet that you've done an amazing job uh, building, Chelsea, and just kind of walk you through what we can do from the advisory component and walking through the spreadsheet. So we're going to go through a very high-level number in the spreadsheet. There is a YouTube video if you guys want to watch it or click the show notes. We'll have some screenshots on here, but we're going to hopefully keep it simple and give you the high points on here. So, Chelsea, we got the spreadsheet pulled up. We got about one of, I don't know, maybe 50 tabs on here pulled up. Um, Just walk us through here. So if I just close my property... I'm doing my meeting with you. Where do we start? What's the process? What happens? Great. Um, Okay, so... We start out with a, a, a pretty, um, a, just a pretty simple call. So it, it's maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, depending on kind of what your goals are, how many properties you may have, and we just collect some basic information, and it, it kind of it kind of spits out how you're going to achieve your goals. So let's just let's just take a look at this at this first tab, Chris. So. Um, I like to think of this as the executive summary. So a lot of people don't have time or the interest to take the deep dive. They kind of just want to put everything into a spreadsheet and let it do the work for them. Well, well, that that's essentially what this does for you. So we're going to ask you a little bit about your cash position and then your equity position. So it kind of separates into two categories, what's liquid and what can be liquidated. So we just basically say, Hey, tell us, tell us what kind of savings you have. Um, that could be, you know, that could be just your overall savings picture, or it could be broken into different categories. Um, doesn't matter, but we put that into the spreadsheet. Then we ask you about your primary residence. If you're a house hacker, that may be split into personal equity for your own self, as well as some of its investment equity. Um, if, if you're not, and it's just your primary residence, we just pop in what the value is, what your loan balance is, and just keep your equity, you know, as a, as a kind of a, a holding place. Then we ask you about your investments. Um, you may just be getting started. You may have one. You may be considering getting a, um, looking at a property, and you may want to do a, a quick analysis of that property. Um, it's, it's a good decision making tool. Or you may have several properties. So we, you know, we, we run through that. Then what we do is at the end of that, it kind of produces an equity and a cash position. And the really neat thing here is that we run through this. Right now we're looking at annually, but we run through this year over year and we show you how your investments are growing. And it's quite eye-opening. Um, it really does show you kind of how quickly your your equity can grow. Um, you know, not only through cash flow, but through appreciation. Um, if, you know, if things were going well and there's low CapEx and there's there's low vacancy rate, it just can go at a much more rapid rate than people realize. Um, so we, we kind of start producing those numbers for you. The next tab um, over, just taking a look at at one at, at one investment in particular. Actually, before we jump on, yeah. I want to go to the next tab where you talk. So I want to 
couple things I want to highlight on here. Um, so I know you call it your, your executive summary. The phrase I use in my mind is this is your this is the financial reality check. Um, true. I, and this true. is what I call for myself because, you know, when I track things, I have a much better accurate picture on things. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, this is going well, this is going well. Then you put it on, on a spreadsheet numbers and it either is better than expected, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, it's not quite what I was expecting. And then right. either way, it's a really good reality check. And I've been on both sides of the course. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, what I thought in my mind does not actually match up with my bank yep. accounts and my, yep. my investment assets. So I think that's great. The other thing I like about what you did in the spreadsheet here was you've got a, a placeholder built in here for you know, tracking and measuring cash reserves. Yep. And everyone's heard me say it, I'm a broken record, you know, grandparent on here that keep money in the bank for the bad times. It's a matter of when stuff goes bad, not mm -hmm. if stuff goes bad, but a matter of when. Yep. And so we really help you guys track that and help you put together a, a accurate picture for your real estate investments, slice for your pie of your portfolio. You know, we're not going to help yep. you out with stocks and social security and bonds. That's in our specialty. Um, there's lots of great financial planners out there. Mm -hmm. But for the real estate uh, investment advisory side, there's just a very big need out there in the real estate market. And this is really what you were doing, the spreadsheet and this portfolio analysis, in my mind, is doing a great job of doing it. So oh. I like this tab because it's just, it's a reality check. Better for worse, but reality checks are always good. No, I agree. I appreciate that, Chris. And just to kind of build on that, so there are a few advisory pieces on on this tab. So as you mentioned, we do, you know, make some suggestions on those cash reserves for the when something happens, because inevitably it, it does, right? And so that is definitely a consideration there. And then, uh, you know, Absolutely. When you're investing, you know, some investments will blow your mind away in terms of how they perform and some will could potentially be disappointing or disappointing some years and great others. And, you know, that's why we like a diverse portfolio. And that's also why we call it a portfolio, because it is an array of different investments that will get you to your end goal. Um, and so we kind of we take a look at that in this. And more often than not, with the clients that we've advised, <laughs> The numbers really surprise people in a very positive way because people aren't looking at the big picture of how much your property is appreciating mm -hmm. because they're really just realizing their monthly cash flow. That's what they're seeing on a month to month basis. But are they thinking about the appreciation? Are they thinking about the mortgage pay down? And are they thinking about this massive equity build that they're creating for themselves with the way that the Denver Metro, Colorado Springs, you know, the MSAs in the state of Colorado are performing on the appreciation side. So it, it can be a real eye-opener, again, for people to be able to just take that, that you know, high-level look at their at their properties. And again, yes, it is. It is a reality check. It's, it's a financial check-in for yourself. Okay. So now we're going to go to the just another tab. And this is where I mentioned at the top of this podcast, just the tracking component of it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's one of those things I feel like we all know we should do it, mm -hmm. but we don't always do it. That's right. And I'm totally in that, you know, Absolutely. category myself. Absolutely. But this is a very detailed um, tracker you have to help just measure all the operating data, some key performance metrics. So this is it would help actually force us and make our yes. clients, ourselves included, track the data and yep. see opportunities. So yeah, take it away because this yeah. is a good good tab on here. Well, what what I like about it is everything you just said. I mean, it is tracking the performance of your investments, but it's also like a really, it's a very sensitive tool where you can go in and make small adjustments. Like what if I refinance? 
and I lower my interest rate? What if I raise the rents by $50? What if I add in some additional principal payments and start paying down the note, you know, more quickly than a, a, say a 30 year. What if I, you know, what if I lower my operating expenses by 5%? You can make those slight adjustments and it will automatically calculate those differences for you. Um, so this is basically doing just the basic tracking that, that Chris was alluding to, which is, you know, what is your purchase price? How much did you put into repairs? What is your interest rate? What is your OPEX? It spits out your cap rate for you and produces that and then tells you, you know, how much did you actually outlay in cash, whether that was down payment, closing costs, repair costs, and then what is it that you're actually getting on your return on cash? So it goes as far as a cash on cash return as well as your just your general, you know, kind of cap rate, which is a really good indicator for a lot of people. Um, so there are a couple, you know, embedded assumptions in here. We like to say that a conservative look in the Denver market is a 3% increase in your rents, 3% annual appreciation, um, 2% increases on your OPEX. And we, we put that into the spreadsheet. We also make assumptions on vacancy rates, 5% vacancy rate. We also look at a CapEx amount based on what the property may need in the future. And so we put all of those into your operating expenses. And um, those are in this example here of a standard three-bed, two-bath condo that you know we do here all the time. Um, both Chris and I actually have a few of our own yep. um, that we've invested in. So those things, you know, those are, this is a really good example of what a three bed, two bath condo would look like in Denver. And if I, sorry to interrupt you, Chelsea, but yeah. one of the things I like about the way you have structured the spreadsheet is, you know, those assumptions is that's all, you know, based on that per property. Mm -hmm. As we know, hey, there's definitely different plays around town where, hey, if you buy in a different part of town in a transitioning area, sometimes it's more of an appreciation play. Like, hey, we're in this, this is going on, especially with your background, you know, those those yeah. more uh, fine, you know, those trends going on. Hey, great. So I'm like, hey, we should expect a higher, uh, higher appreciation here for this property. Yep. Uh, here's why. And this or, hey, higher rent. So we can get very, take out the scalpel and get fine to uh, get detailed. Here. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because one thing to consider here is some properties are purchased for cash flow and some are purchased for appreciation. The beauty of the Denver market is generally you get a little bit of both. Yep. I mean, as a as a just a rule of thumb and of course it's a generalization because like you mentioned each market's a little bit different within the state and nationally but even just within Colorado you know, we are a highly appreciating you know market just as again a very big generalization but this spreadsheet will help you track you know what that investment is and you can tell us what you're looking for like maybe your needs on the onset and immediately are cash flow and then maybe appreciation is secondary, or maybe it's vice versa. You're looking, you know, to pay for your kid's college in 10 years and you want a property that's going to appreciate over the next 10 years. Maybe you'll sacrifice cash flow, and then you can sell it, you know, for that purpose. Yep. So we look at those different scenarios and that's part of the advising piece again, is what is going to work for you and your goal set. Um, so the other part of this tab that I really love is we do a 10 year projection and we can, we can go out as many years as you want, 50 years, you know, a hundred years. <laughs> but most people will say, if I ask them, you know, how long do you plan on holding this property? They'll say 10 years. Um, and what we do here is we look at a couple of things. We create a, we, we, we look at the mortgage pay down, which is, a, which is a huge thing that I think gets overlooked a lot for people. You know, I know in your mind, you know that the reason you're renting is your, your tenant is paying your mortgage, but 
people don't necessarily think about that when they think of how this property is benefiting them. And people don't sit there and look at amortization tables well to realize that. I mean, I I do it occasionally. Right, but, but it's not your daily no. task. It's not something you're going to think about and every, every time day. I'm like, damn, I forget the power of that. And what's amazing about that power is also the fact that let's say that something changes in three or five years, right? It never happens. Life happens, right? I mean, like what happens in five years when you change your goal set or something else shifted in your life? We can say, all right, what kind of cash are you leaving on the table if you sell in your five versus your 10? So we look at that kind of an analysis and say, okay, you planned on keeping this for 10 years. And if you scroll down a little here, we look at, okay, in this property, in the case of this property, the mortgage pay down, you know, you would have paid off about 30000 a little over $30,000 in mortgage pay down over 10 years. You pre- and sorry, these yeah. are actually, I mean, and we know we talk about the three, two kind of rebound and roar a lot. And this is actually just kind of like the normal assumptions, normal operating data plugged in here that you forecast out 10 years. Absolutely. Cool. And it includes a 5% vacancy rate, like on all of these assumptions here for um, your cash flow, at least. Um, it includes a 5% vacancy rate. It also includes, you know, some increases in rent, some increases that 3% conservative appreciation is what that under, just under $50,000 is based on a 3% annual appreciation. Then, you know, you're cash flowing over this period, $75,000, and your total cash gain over a 10-year period is $154,000. And that's adding all three of those. All three together. Down, the appreciation and the cumulative cash flow that you've received. Correct. Right? Now, let's say that you have to stop at your five. Uh-oh, I need to sell it. We just rewind that back to your five and tell you what those numbers look like. Do a side-by-side comparison and say, okay, maybe you only gained $70,000 after five years. So you're basically leaving potentially $85,000 on the table. But, you know, sometimes it's not an option to wait for that $85,000. So, but at least you can, if you're, if you're not in a place where you have to make a choice, you can at least say, should I sell this in your five? Let's take a look at the differences and see what, you know, what the, the pros and cons are. It's just another decision-making tool. And this comes down to really kind of the, one of the other, you know, main benefits of this service and spreadsheet is just really help you to optimize your mm-hmm. portfolio. Yep. Because um, as we've covered in a lot of, you know, deal analyses and previous podcasts is, you know, as you own property and build up equity, mm-hmm. that's a whole other, you know, thing that's happening. It's happening that you're basically your real estate piggy bank. Hey, it might make sense to sell 1031 trade up. Yep. might make sense to do a cash out refi or put a HELOC on there, or it might make sense, you know what, just pay it off and go down. This is all stuff that we can track and then run through scenario one, scenario two, scenario three. Here are the numbers. Yep. Now let's kind of start matching with your goals and where you're at. And you can only do that by having the data in here mm-hmm. and also knowledgeable people to help you like, you know, unpackage it and understand it. Absolutely. And so like one thing to think about there, look at that total cash flow of $75,000. Let's say that you're in a position where you can sacrifice your cash flow. You could have paid down your note that much over 10 years. Like that's another thing to highlight, right? Is Mm -hmm. okay. So now what if I take that $75,000 and I put it right back toward the note? Now, all of a sudden your cash gain is is even better because now you've put that toward the mortgage and you're going to you're going to actually have a lot more to cash out of if you were to sell it but if you didn't and and you know you take the cash flow for 10 years then in this case you put down $56,000 a little bit over $56,000 in cash outlay to purchase this property if you took that money and brought that to any bank or in many cases you put it in any market okay other than real estate you wouldn't see 150,000 or almost $155,000 in equity built over a 10-year period. So 
you know, you have to kind of think about it that way, right? Like you're not, I mean, this is this is a way to just continue to multiply your investment year over year in a way that is is kind of unparalleled to other options out there. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And something I'll point out too is, I mean, a lot of times in real estate, people are like, oh, it's real estate, real estate, real estate. I mean, Chelsea and I are both big fans of real estate. We're also big fans of we own stocks. We own another asset class as well. Like this is just one piece of the overall portfolio. Yep. And, and we want to be that advisory component, help you with that real estate investing piece of your bigger portfolio. And it's a great point, Chris, because when I've advised clients and I ask them for their cash position and their savings, they'll ask me, does that include my 401k? Does that include my 529b? Does that include my stocks? No. <laughs> it doesn't. That is a whole separate component that, you know, you would manage separately. You know, yep. we're just looking at your real estate investments and we are not qualified, nor are we going to step into the space of any of that, of, of those pieces. And we don't like to suggest liquidating those funds for the sake of real estate. Um, you know, if it's absolutely necessary, it can be an option, but it's not something that, you know, we're in the business of advising on. All right. Um, you want me to move on to the next tab? Yeah, that'd be All great. All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm playing Vanna White here as, yeah. <laughs> as Chelsea explains it. So yes, can I buy a Val? <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the multi-investment view, uh-huh. which is my favorite one. So I'm going to just leave that that and you take it away. Yeah. So it's also my favorite and, and it's because I really love side-by-side. Um, side-by-side to me is the easiest way to do a comparison and give you... Oh, and, and and take a look at how you're stepping up the ladder toward your financial goals, toward your passive income goals. And so if you take a look at this, um, these are three properties that we, we feel are, well, we know, are pretty typical to our client set. So a three-bed, two-bath condo, a duplex, and a fourplex. Those are, those are very um, common investments for our investors. And they're all things we have covered in past deal analyses. Mm-hmm. We're not sure picking these are just real deals that yep. we've either bought ourselves or just, you know, We've helped clients buy. Yep. And that's why we, you know, we use kind of these these fake addresses, but Aurora, Denver, Westminster, Arvada, these are all places where a lot of our investments are, um, both personally as well as our clients. And so we have a pretty good idea on the numbers. So these are pretty accurate numbers for these particular markets. So we take a look at an asset's value. Um, we do a kind of, we, we, we look at several different channels for that, whether it's realtor.com, Zillow. Um, sometimes we look at an assessment value and we take that asset value and we, we show you what it's currently worth. And it's kind of nice to see that because sometimes we only have the purchase price in our minds. And one more thing I'll add on there, you know, a lot of times we do that, but if it's been a year or two since you purchased it, mm-hmm. that's where then, you know, we can also run a, a CMA comparative market analysis. Correct. Especially since, you know, one of us or, you know, one of the other agents on, on the firm, you know, they've walked the property, they know it. Mm-hmm. We can give you a much more accurate price than, than those as well. So this is where like the blending of the two divisions of the Envision Advisors, exactly. I think starts getting really exciting. Yes. And that's where the team component really comes yes. in because I can call one of our agents, um, especially if the agent's working with this particular client and say, you know, hey, Lauren, hey, Scott, hey, Ashley, you know, what do you think this property is? Give me, run a quick CMA for me. And then I have that actual MLS data that is is providing these numbers for me. So it, it's great um, as how we operate together that way. And so- one question I ask you initially is, what are your passive income goals? I really want to know that. That is one of the most important pieces of input that I take from you on that initial call. Exactly. And we, what we plug in the spreadsheet here is the the most common sided, which is mm-hmm. basically $10,000 a month or $120,000 a year. That's, I mean, 
close to 90% of people, I would say, mm-hmm. it's $10,000 a month. That's exactly right. That is that is the most common answer. And you know, it could be 5,000 a month and it could be 15,000 a month, but really on average, it's 10,000 a month. And so we put that in as your annual NOI goals, which means that if you had X number of paid off properties, you would be making $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your NOI piece. So if you look at your percentage toward your NOI goal just with your cash flow. So that means that the property is still on a note. In the case of that first three bed, two bath condo, which definitely is a great entry point for a lot of our investors. It's definitely a good, it's a comfortable starting point um, to take that in that first condo. That one would get you about four and a quarter percentage of the way toward your NOI goals. And I just want to, I want to pump the brakes here because this is, we're throwing a lot of numbers and, and stats at the listeners right now. So we're going to give you a couple of different goals. So that is, you know, hey, you take your rents minus all your operating expenses, the property management, the taxes, the insurance, the repairs and maintenance, HOA fees, and then you subtract out the monthly mortgage payment as well. And that cash flow after, you know, after all those expenses, <laughs> that's what that's tracking right there. So about four and a quarter. That's exactly right. So you're you're four and a quarter on your way toward your passive income goals with this one investment, even while you're still paying the mortgage. Take that to the next investment of, in this case, a duplex, and it essentially doubles exactly what your goals were. So now you're at just about a little bit over eight and a half percent. Now, is that eight and a half, is that just for the duplex or is that cumulative between property one, the condo, and property two, the duplex? Yeah, great question. That is cumulative. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then again, cumulatively, you add on a third one and you basically double it again. And so now you're at almost 17% toward your goals, toward your actual goals. And so that doubling, if you notice, like the duplex is only at $5,000. We put in a month of cash flow. So if we backtrack, you're looking at a $5,000 cash flow on the duplex. That's a very conservative estimate. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we like to think it's it's probably closer to eight or nine thousand dollars a month, but we take a really conservative approach there. So basically stacking these investments on top of each other, you're almost 17, if not 20% of the way toward your passive income goals with these three investments. But here's where it gets really interesting. So let's say you were to build a strategy with us on paying off those properties over a certain period of time. Realistically, let's say we take it down to 15 years, right? So now we're gonna we're gonna create a plan to pay these properties off in 15 years. Whether that's using a cash out refi, whether that's using some cash flow in the property toward paying additional principal payments, whether that's 1031 exchanging and sizing up and going into a larger property with higher levels of cash flow, we kind of we work with you on that strategy. But if we can pay off those properties now in the first investment you are over 10 and a quarter toward your passive income goals. And this is basically just measuring the NOI or net net operating income. NOI, which is exactly, which is the properties, essentially the properties cash flow without the note. The second one almost triples it. (laughs) So that's where it just starts to compound on itself so rapidly. Once you start paying these properties off, you've almost tripled your, your, your step toward your goal with just a second property. After that, it almost doubles again. And by the time you are at your third property, you're let's say 65 to 70% on your way toward your passive income goals by strategizing on how to get there, paying down that debt at a more rapid rate than the 30-year note. 
And I want to just highlight something here because just going back to this property three with the, the cumulative returns for both of all three properties added in here. And this is something that, you know, took me a while to wrap my head around. And we've talked a lot with clients on podcasts and just a very important thing to understand. Hey, if you got those three properties with mortgages on there, you're about, that's just about 17% of your way. And to buy, you know, another, I don't know, another 10 or 15 properties, get to 100% doable to allow properties. But also it's great to understand, hey, if I paid off these properties, I'm basically 66%, which is two thirds your goal there. Like that's mm -hmm. a huge difference going from, you know, basically, you know, 16, 17% to two thirds your goal there by just understanding, hey, where do I need to go? And what's the best strategy there? And mm -hmm. this is a big, big reason why we're building this, this spreadsheet and building out this advisory component in our business here. It's really help people understand this. And most importantly, hit that end number goal. Yep. And I wanted I wanted to just bring something up. Uh, you made me think of the fact that these numbers include property management. And the reason I want to mention that, uh, again, which we talked about earlier a little bit, is because that really reduces the amount of oversight you have to have on these properties. So the oversight can mainly be talking with me or talking with our team in the sense that the oversight can be, let's just make sure our numbers are still looking good, right? As opposed to the day-to-day -day management. So... Again, let's say you had five or 10 or 12 of these properties and you're thinking, wow, you know, that's a, that's a lot to manage. These numbers include property management. And I, I agree because, I mean, if, you know, I got my angle, I want to go retire and part of my retirement plan is not self-managing, you know, 10 right. or 12 properties. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not part Doesn't of my Doesn't sound like plan. the best re yeah, retirement plan right there. Not maybe, maybe for some, but um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think, you know, it's really, really really telling to take a look at these numbers and to take a look at how they play together, you know, how, how you can optimize them, how you can bring them to their kind of their highest and best use, their highest and best purpose. And that's why, you know, allowing us or research to help guide you along the way to making those choices, to making those choices to get you as close to your ultimate goal as possible. And it, and it takes, you know, us ourselves going through it, you know, and knowing and understanding the ups and downs of these properties. And, you know, my portfolio that I manage, you know, a lot of these same numbers are in, in are in those portfolios. And so I really understand the ins and outs of how this works. And, you know, and Chris and Preston and all of our brokers and our entire team, we all understand, you know, the details of the the kind of the quickest way to get there and and the best way to reach those goals um, you know, as quickly as possible. So anything else you want to talk about the spreadsheet? Because I know we, I mean, you and I, we, we literally spend hours when we do this. So <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> what, what are the other main points to know? Because I, and then I want to move on before we, we drown people in details, but we've touched on the, I think the three main important aspects. So I want yeah. to take a step back and put it back in context, the big picture. Yeah. I, ju I just want to mention that, you know, in addition to tracking your income goals, we also do an analysis and just kind of a check-in with all of your operating expenses. So we like to make sure that your operating expenses are on track and that, you know, your rents are moving in the fashion that they should be. And, you know, we like to kind of take a look at some indicators to make sure it's still a good investment because we will help you determine if, is this still something you want to hang on to or mm -hmm. is there a better option out there for you? So, you know, we, we do take a look at that and we do have some future plans, 
right, Chris? To yeah. kind of build this out a little further, a couple couple whiteboards that we've gone over many times. Yeah, so basically it's one of those things, I'll let you fill in some details, but one of those things, you know, we, we have lots of ideas based yep. on what we want to do, our clients to ask this question, oh, that's a good idea. So one of the things like, you know, great, we, we implement one, mm-hmm. cross off the list, and then by the time that one's crossed off, three more added, Yep. which is to me, it's just a, it's it's a fun game. It's the way things work. But we're kind of hey, we got this, we got that, we got that. But this is a living, breathing spreadsheet. Yes, that is continually being optimized as we geek out on it. Absolutely, and and I really I want to I want to mention something on that point. Um, this is a living, breathing document. I mean, as you grow in your life and your investments, this grows with you. Mm-hmm. So we make the changes in our in our annual, semi annual, quarterly phone calls that we have with you. You know, we we talk about what's changed in your life. You know, what what are some of the things that you want to do now? You know, are you selling a property in ten years to pay for college for your kid, or do you need additional cash flow right now? And you know, how are we going to get you there? And so those are the things that we work on with you. And and this this will live and breathe with with your existence. But for the future stuff, I mean, I think, you know, a a few things that we've identified that we definitely have, you know, one already started working on, but two are really excited to build out are, um, include our SWOT, which is, I, I like to think of it as like a softer view of your investments. What does SWAT stand for again? Yeah. As a, as a no. refresher for yep, all of us. Yep, yep, good point. Too many acronyms. Um, so that's strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. So, you know, as many of you know who may have been in Denver for a long time or Colorado Springs or any market in Colorado, you know, it is a constantly growing metropolitan. And we are constantly building and growing and neighborhoods are changing. They're very dynamic here. And so we want to look at things like, How's this location doing for you? You know, is it expanding? Is it growing? What are municipalities doing in their comprehensive plans? Like, are they pro-growth? <laughs> you know, are they thinking of increasing density? Are they rezoning? Um, you know, what is the current condition of the of the unit or units? Um, is it, you know, do they need a lot of CapEx? Is this something we need to think about, you know, and how's that going to impact your cash flow in the, in, the, in the immediate? And then, you know, we take a look at, what is a 1031 exchange going to do for you? You know, how's that going to benefit you to make those changes? Um, you know, is it is it a ground floor unit? Do you have a view? You know, what are things that are in vogue right now? Is it an in-unit washer dryer? You know, is it is it a bigger closet? And these are things that we track and that we, you know, we look at the market and what it's actually telling us. Um, I, I did a lot of work on rent analysis in my previous life. And, um, you know, we... We are taking a really deep dive into specific, what we call primary market areas um, or PMAs to throw another acronym at this. Um, So we're looking at those primary market areas to understand what it is in the rent analysis that's really going to help us identify what's in the pipeline for future growth in the immediate area of your investment. What is it that's going to make this investment, you know, go from good to great? And how can we get you as close to that as possible? So that's, that's another thing that we really um, want to look at. And again, that 30 to 15 year projection. So how will you be impacted or how will your goals be impacted, your passive income goals, by paying down a note more quickly? And we can quickly do a sensitivity test on what that looks like, how that impacts your cash flow, how it impacts your appreciation and how it impacts, you know, how much debt you're paying off. So great overview here, Chelsea. And I want to just, you know, really point out that we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, hey, what are those key things we want to 
communicate mm -hmm. rather than try to cram 10 hours what we've been working on here. So this stuff is really just the tip of the iceberg. Yep. A lot more of the spreadsheet, a lot more ideas that we're developing, we're working on, and just as we grow, but understand this is kind of like our starting point. Mm -hmm. It's our foundation for this, and it's gonna be getting bigger and better You know, every month, every year. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple things to wrap up here, just give an official disclaimer. You know, we are really wanting to help you plan that real estate piece of your portfolio. Yep. We are not licensed financial advisors. We're not gonna give you advice, nor is our area expertise on stocks and insurance and bonds yep. and social security. Yep. Definitely we wanna be a, a piece of your overall uh, you know, advisory board for your with your CPAs, your CFPs, all the other people you work with. Mm -hmm. Another thing right now is we've been asked by this, a few people who've been mentioning is just, you know, what's the cost of this? Right now, it's just completely free for all of our clients. Um, so there is no fee structure, but it's only exclusively for our clients right now. As we are figuring out, we are still navigating some compliance issues. I want to make sure we are, you know, figuring all that stuff out. But as we build it out, it's just free for clients right now. Down the road, um, we have plans to hopefully expand it and provide more services. But right now, clients will get this. And this kind of leads me into, um, to wrap this up, just our, our final final thoughts on here, or at least my final thoughts, is that we are in the process as we launch this to start reaching out to some of our, our current and past clients. We've mm -hmm. taken man, maybe close to a dozen through so far. They've been some great guinea pigs for us. Yep. Um, but we are starting to reach out to clients. So if you're a client out there reaching out to us, you're on the list. Yep. Or if you're chomping the bit, do not be shy. Email us. We will love to, to talk this through with you. Yep. But our new clients, we're taking some of them through it as well. So we're going to start reaching out to clients. I, in my planning, I think really through the end of quarter four of 2020, and through the end of quarter one in 2021, we can hopefully have all of our clients through the initial portfolio analysis. Yep. You know, so a lot going on. We do a few a week, come back, refine, revise it, build our internal processes or intake, all that stuff. So we will be reaching out to all of our clients. Um, if you guys in the meantime reach out, reach out to us. Otherwise, this is going to be just, like I said, the tip of the iceberg and what we're building out. And you're going to be hearing a lot more from Chelsea both on an individual basis as she takes you through here and just in her creating some content and some models to go out there and publish on the website, publish on the podcast, do some fun YouTube videos with some spreadsheets. And, yep. you know, her background with analyses and market studies is, is definitely beyond a level that I've acquired. So I'm excited to like also pick your brain on that. Yeah. So Chelsea, that's all my notes. I'll let you close out and throw what you want to do. Great. Thanks, Chris. Well, um, I, I think we're almost closer to 20 clients now. So that's been, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I, I keep each individual spreadsheet, um, on a, in the cloud and we, uh, of those, of those advisory sessions, I, I will say, they've all gone really well. Um, they've been really well received. People have been really excited about it. There are some specific things that they're really excited about, like such as that side-by-side -side comparison, the realization of the cash on cash return, um, and just that executive summary of where they are. And so I, I, I really feel great about the start of this. And as you mentioned, Chris, it just continues to grow. It continues to get better. It continues to incorporate more and more areas that are really valuable to our clients. And so um, we're just excited. And it's just been, it's been a great partnership. And I think it's just going a lot of great directions. So, yeah. Totally agree. Chelsea, thank you. I appreciate mm -hmm. all the work behind the scenes. You've taken time to come record our podcast with me. 
And listeners out there, clients out there, if you've got questions, want to get involved in this, do not hesitate to reach out. We'll talk you through, get all the details, but understand you're going to be seeing a lot more of this and hearing a lot more from Chelsea. Great. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate being here. And thanks. Thank you so much. 